Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by just Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Everything's good. Everything's awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Everything's good. Like, you really got me fired up. We just, before we jumped on here to start recording, we were talking about Konami and how much we despise Konami (laughs) and how they've ruined some of our favorite, favorite, favorite um, titles and... they ruined our lives. They really have. They're, they're just hanging on to all these good, good franchises, and then they're just making gambling pachinko machines. It's awful. Anyways, if this is your first time listening to the show, from we are the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we talk about Nintendo Switch RPGs. And today, what we have for you is uh, we're talking about Aiden Chronicles. Um, if you haven't heard, um, the folks who kind of developed Suikoden 2... Um, and more are all combining forces here. Uh, we're also talking about some non-Nintendo RPGs that we maybe want to make RPGs. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's what we're doing. All right, and we got we got so so much for you guys. Uh, but first, what are you playing? What have I been playing? Not much. Not much. These, yeah, not much. These past two weeks have been pretty lackluster. I played a little bit of Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove. I'm now going through Plague Knight stuff. Okay. I I did the first level. Oh, nice! <laughs> so you're pretty much where we left off like two weeks ago. Yeah, kind of like very light on that. Yeah. I, for whatever silly reason, I picked up Darkest Dungeon again, even though I said I wasn't gonna. On the Switch. On the Switch, I picked okay. it up again, <clears throat> and I beat another part of the Darkest Dungeon. So oh. I am, I've beat the Darkest Dungeon twice now, and I have to go through another two more times, and then I'll officially have beaten the game. I'm not even going to come close to touching the DLC. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment. Darkest Dungeon is the best place. Yeah. And how, I mean, how is it handheld? Is it, is it pretty decent? Oh, it, it's, they ported it. The controls are weird. They're, they're very weird, but they ported it really well. It looks, it actually looks beautiful on the yeah. big screen. Okay. It is a gorgeous looking game. Art-wise, it's like very crisp, uh, high-resolution art assets that are in there. You can, there's no like, you don't see any like uh, blurriness, right? Like up-resing of of the of the sprites and stuff like that. It's all like nice and good. It, it looks, it's a really good-looking game, both on the big screen or on handheld. I played probably about fifty-fifty on both. So okay, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's one of those games that's that you can travel with. You know, it's a, I mean. All, all games, right? But I feel like that would be yeah. a decent one to do that with. Yeah, the, the only problem with that game is um, when you are scrolling through the list of heroes that you have um, when you're in when you're in like the hub town area, and you're scrolling up and down. That is very very finicky. It'll like if you just tap the down or up button, it'll it'll sometimes like skip through like two or three or four oh, heroes. Yeah. You actually just want to skip down one. So that that's like some weird quirky stuff there. So okay. the controls are like, they're weird. So yeah. that's it. Okay. Still, still playing through that. And then 
The reason why I haven't really been playing anything is because I just got the first like major print, like full color print of my board game done. Ooh. Ooh. So now I got full color printed cards. They look beautiful and stuff. So now in color, huh? Now in color and good art and none of my bad art. I don't think there's <laughs> any more of my bad art in the game. I think it's all now gone. So so, so it's a hundred percent, maybe even more improved. Uh, gargantuan leagues, leagues. <laughs> oh man, what yeah. else? That's it. That's it. But I am wondering, what have you been playing? You're not wondering that. That's just what the script is telling you. Anyway, I've been playing. Um, I beat. I finally beat the Outer Worlds. Um, it still is an ugly looking game. It performs not so good. Um, uh, there's still problems. I mean, I was kind of like m- pacing my way through that game waiting for the patch to come through. They're just taking way too long. So I finished it for the YouTube channel. Um, yes, it looks ugly. There's still a lot of texture popping. Like, it's all the same stuff. I don't know what their improvements are going to be. Um, if they fix some of that stuff, if they add textures and not pop, having pop in, um, maybe it'll look better. I mean, there was just so much removed for this Switch version that it just looks empty. Um, it, I don't know. It just... It plays okay. I mean, it get you get it gets the job done. It just looks hideous. It really does. Um, what else? The uh, Arafel been playing plug plugging along with that. I'm enjoying that. I think I got past the point where you kind of gave up. Uh, I I think anyway. Did you uh, struggle? No, not at all. <laughs> what I miss? Must have uh, been something silly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what your your issue was, but I I didn't have any problems. I I'm kind of just advancing through. I think norm normally maybe I I don't know. Where, I, where are you right now? I'm past the the mines, way past the mines. Um, I'm in. Um, I've gotten the new ability to kind of. I think you get a. Fa- there's a fairy circle, and you can kind of travel with that fairy circle. Yeah, you can teleport around with the fairy circles. Yep. Yeah, so I'm in that next area, next dungeon area. I think it's with the vampires. Uh, so that's kind of where I am. That's I, where I was. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, I, you had to light. You had to light five candles. I've lit them all just recently, and that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. I'm having no issues. <laughs> anyway, Arafel, um I'm actually excited for their next game that's coming out. I think it's uh, Rise of the Third Power. Um I like the way they tell their stories, so uh I'm gonna keep an eye on that. It's Stego Stegosoft games. Um different so they're they're making a different like world altogether? Yeah, yep. Yep. Rise but of using, the Third I'm guessing they're using the RPG maker engine. Yeah, but it's all cu- it's like all custom tile sets, kind of like what they're doing, what they did with Arafel. At first, it was kind of the yeah. R- RPG maker assets, and then they kind of really customized them, uh, that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't think they should be doing that. I think they kind of got it right with Arafel, and they should kind of like no, that's double, what they that's what they did with Ar- that's what they did with Arafel. They're they're doing something totally different with Rise of the Third Power. Oh no, no, what I'm saying is they should. Double down with RFL and make a sequel. Who knows? What, maybe they will. All right. Maybe they will. Who knows? Uh, but playing a little bit, little bit of Paper Mario. Not too much. I, I yep. think I, I got just. I'm at the second boss, the Blue Stream. Um, 
It's it's good. It's good. It's not an, the RPG that we all wanted, but gets yeah. the gets the job done, you know. And then I've also started playing Fairy Tale. Fairy Tale um is kind of is based off of the anime. And um I'm not very far into that one. I want to say I'm only a few hours in and it's a fairly substantial game. I think it's about 30 to 40 hours. So I'm barely scratching the surface on that one, but I love the combat animations. They're like way over the top. They're they're awesome, awesome, awesome uh, animations in that. And I think that's it. That's a decent amount of games playing at one time. So yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So yes, don't forget to visit switchrpg.com as well as our twitter.com forward slash switchrpg YouTube channel dot com. Switch we're we're everywhere. Go to switchrpg.com. You can. It'll point you in the right direction. Um, bunch of reviews, all that stuff. If that's your first time, if this is your first time listening anyway. Let's head into new game announcements. Cult Classic Moon to make a Western debut August 27th. Now, these are the creators of Dandy Dungeon. This is Onion Games. And they, they call this the anti-RPG. They're... they're their trailer is kind of wacky. I don't know if you were able to listen to it or watch it. Um, uh, I remember looking into it, like, I don't know, maybe like Kotaku posted an article about it like five years ago or something like that, yeah. saying that Moon was like a weird RPG, and then I looked at it. It looks weird. It is. It looks weird. It almost looks like your PlayStation 1 era game. I mean, it's it's not going to break the... <laughs> You know, it's not going to break records with uh, visuals. You know what I mean? It's it's very uh, PlayStation One esque. I don't know if you get that feeling as well. Um, but it kind of yeah, it's, it's 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 got a um, a weird sense of humor, and, and they call it the anti RPG. Basically, you don't want to do a lot of those tropey. Th- they they don't want you to do a lot of those tropey things that you find in RPGs like. Uh, like kill killing enemies things things like that so it's kind of breaking it down to that so they don't want you killing enemies they just want you I, I think they just want you to do the story but I, I'm not sure if the other things like if you can't kill enemies or or how it handles that and it is weird it is weird I think I remember like way back in the day when I was a youngster and one of my friends showing me moon on their place because I didn't have a PlayStation growing up mm-hmm. i had the n64 and they showed me moon and it was like this game is awesome and i'm looking at it, i'm like i don't get it <laughs> so it's if you weird. go to their if you go to their main page moon-rpg.com have you ever played an rpg and wondered why does the hero kill thousands of innocent monsters why does the hero break into homes and steal their items and gold moon is a game that turns those ideas upside down to see what really happens behind the scenes of your favorite RPG video games. So that's the story of Moon. Um, or kind of what Moon is a little bit about. So it's an RPG without battles, basically. So, I don't know. It, it, I, I think it's definitely got its... Uh, it, cult Classic is definitely the way you want to describe that game. It definitely has its, its following. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, we have Wintermore Tactics. This was announced today, today being August 5th. Wintermore Tactics Club uh, coming out September 10th for the Nintendo Switch. 
If you are a follower of the YouTube channel, we did do an interview with the producer of uh, Winamore Tactics Club. Uh, basically, it's it's kind of I would describe this as a very narrative driven tactics RPG with uh, a lot of metagame. There is a metagame of Dungeons and Dragons, and that's kind of how the whole story is told. It's told through like clubs uh, in high school. Uh, so you have your equestrian club, you have your um, what is the other some of the, some of the other clubs? I shoot, I don't remember. But there's all different clubs, and then you're once you defeat a club, you're able to recruit some of their some of their uh, members, I guess. And, well, it, uh, it looks like there's a world map, and you got. I, I guess it's of the campus, the college campus, high school. I, I wouldn't think. say it's high school because uh, it, it looks more like a college campus because there's dorms, classrooms, library, admin building. Uh, quad, whatever a quad is, <clears throat> a stadium. I don't know. I typically don't think stadium and library for a. Uh, you're right. It, it. You're right. It's definitely that's very um college esque, but they do describe it as as a high school. Uh, Woodmore Tactics Club is a tactics RPG with narrative inspired by visual novels set in high school during the 1980s and combines its contemporary setting with tactical fantasy RPG combat. Um I, I, I like I kinda like the look of this game. It's um it is very visual novel esque by looking at it. Uh what what are your thoughts? Kind of uh, so it it's got like exploration. You're exploring through the campus, it looks like. Yeah, I guess you uh each of those areas I mentioned are like their own map uh, mm -hmm. that you then have an avatar and you can walk around in an isometric view. And then there's various, I guess, schoolmates, classmates, what have you. And then you can go up to them and have a little conversation with them. There are multiple choice stuff. So all that seems fine. Uh, the artwork is fine as well. It's not great. It's not bad at all. Um, I kind of enjoy how it's being presented uh, somewhat. It doesn't get in the way, but uh, it's a lot of that and less actual tactics and combat. When you get to the tactics and combat, it's a very, very small arena. It doesn't really look like the, um, it ha the map is scrolling, and it's more so... It's kind of like Banner Saga's uh, maps, where it's very confined, very tiny. That's, yeah. That's the way I would describe it. Yeah, but but there are op, uh, obstacles. It looks like in there. Um, yeah, maybe some cover uh, type of stuff. Yeah, there are uh, some some things I like here. Right, the the very small uh, health numbers is pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> it looks uh, it looks all right. It looks it looks good. Uh, I guess the characters on the uh, the battle map kind of look like they are um, miniatures because they got like the little circle thing that a miniature typically has and they're right. standing frozen they don't animate on top of that right, and the enemies are the same thing so they all look like miniatures that's because this there's like there is a metagame it's basic it's not called dungeons and dragons it's called something else i forget what it is um but basically they're that's kind of what they're like that's what the battles are portrayed as they're portrayed as these kind of like D, D uh skirmishes you know yeah, the the thing I don't really like about it is that it does the fire emblem thing of you take your big turn and then the enemy takes their big turn. I don't like that. You don't like that. 
It's it's fine, but every single tactics game that's out there does that. And we all know the best tactics games out there is Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre. Those are like the best of the best. And those are not, you know, you take big, giant, swingy turns. It's characters that take their turn. Right. So, other than that, I mean, it looks like it's it's good. It also looks like it's a good uh, intro into uh, tactics. So I don't yeah. mind, you know, like a simpler uh, version intro, what have you, for tactics. And by doing, like, player turns instead of uh, character or unit turns, that's perfectly fine, too. Yeah, and I think when I was interviewing the producers, she kind of mentioned that. It's kind of like a primer uh, to yeah. uh, these these games, you know? So that that's that's funny that you mentioned that. Well, I have no clue what kind of high school this person went to, but that looks like a college campus, okay? Listen, it's, a, it's a fancy high school. This is on. like private school, it looks my, like. My school had a lot of buildings. Very, My high school had a lot of buildings yeah. very far apart. So, oh, yeah? Yep, I went to an agricultural high school. Uh, buildings were, uh, we had to walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so it was a lot of farms and whatnot, so... We, we well, my walking. high school was in the city, and it was a. This is a very poor city, as you know. So this <laughs> wasn't a very fancy high school. The class numbers were, you know, quite dense. Uh huh. <laughs> there wasn't much there. You you walk down to the next class, and that's it. And it's all contained in one big giant mega building. One big building, yeah. But uh, you're right. It does it does have that does have that almost, campus look and feel though. Almost like a prison. Yeah, you could describe your your school that way. That's for sure. Uh, all right, the Outer Worlds. We were just talking about this. Peril in Gorgon DLC announced and coming to the Switch at a later date. So we're getting this delayed as well. I think for Xbox, PS4, and PC, it's coming on September 9th and won't be arriving on the Switch until uh, won't be arriving on the Switch on that date. It, I guess it's just a later date. We have. No idea. No idea. It makes idea. sense. They they didn't want to double. They gave an initial date for the switch for the original release, and then they kind of like del- indefinitely delayed it, and then it finally came out. So if I had to guess, this might be a January thing for the switch. Um, yeah. sometime early. If I had to guess, sometime early next year. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, their DLC will come at a cost of fourteen ninety nine. Fifteen dollars. That's fifteen dollars. It's not fourteen ninety nine. It's not four. Wait, it's not fourteen ninety nine like they says here in my in the writing. And we all know that's just fifteen dollars. That it's, penny doesn't mean anything. It means if you search for fifteen dollars and over, this won't show up. That's what it means. It also means that you are obeying and abiding by the marketing manipulation. The DLC will come in at a cost of $14.99. No other regional pricing available at the time of this writing. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a while, guys. Uh, hopefully they fix this uh, game up before that. So, I mean, I mean, you're right. Like you said, it's understandable. Uh, these The other consoles had a head start on the game anyway, so it makes sense for this to kind of be uh, delayed. Anyway. Um, I don't know about this next game. I think I'm going to skip on that one. Really? You could you could you could speak on it if you'd like. So 
All right. So a game <laughs> was uh, announced. It's for J very much a Japan game. Uh, who knows if it's eventually going to come out to the West, but it's called Kamen Rider Memory of Heroes. <laughs> this is a very ridiculous looking game. It's coming out uh, this October uh, on the 29th. The, they classify the genre as Hero Chain Action, which uh, will focus on three titles W, Double, OOO, and Zero One. I have no clue what that means at all. It's uh, coming to the PS4 and Switch. Uh, who knows in, if it, if it in Japan. gets a uh, statewide release. But uh, it kind of... It looks like uh, Power Wait. Rangers, like the old school, like Ultraman style kind of superheroes. The, the very Japanese TV show superheroes, uh, men in, in a suit battling each other kind of thing. It looks like that style-wise. Uh -huh. The combat kind of looks like a beat-em-up, arena-based beat-em-up type thing uh, with full 3D mo movement. It looks like there's co-op in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it very quickly reminds me a little bit of Astral Chain. Um, just kind of the, the kind of the stylistic part of it. But oh, other, yeah. But yeah. other than that, I am reading the article here that you, we had uh, posted here at My Nintendo News. It says Western fans of the franchise will be able to get their hands on the game on the 29th of October. Is that meaning, like, because it's region-free, we can just get it? Is that what that meaning? Or is it yeah, actually coming over? Yeah, probably. Because some, some of the text here in the game is, well, there's numbers, there's com, which I'm guessing is computer. Uh, so it says scramble on the UI. The skill is called skill. It's in English. So I'm guessing it is going to be localized. My guess is that there won't be a physical release of this game mm. statewide. Right. Stateside. So. Stateside. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it look it looks interesting. Uh, definitely got that Power Rangers Ultraman kind of look and feel to it. We'll, it's not as good looking as Astral Chain. Don't let Geo stare you, uh, <laughs> uh, make you think otherwise. No, no, no. I don't want. I, I don't, don't want to. There's almost like a fighting game, 3D brawler fighting game uh, gameplay to it because there's a timer on here, and it's, all I'm seeing is like two, a bunch of characters beating each other up over and over. Mm -hmm. Lots of fighting. So. so much, so much violence. Uh, speaking of non-violence, we just had this game announced today. Yeah, we've, we've kind of been waiting for this, right? So Nintendo finally opens up their uh, bag of tricks here. We kind of know what the next game coming out. Pikmin Three Deluxe coming out for the Nintendo Switch, October thirtieth. Now this isn't really an RPG. Um, when I say this isn't really an RPG, I mean this is not an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not an RPG. Um, but it's kind of interesting, and, and we were talking about this beforehand, um, how it, you know, it opens up the doors, right? It opens up the door. Maybe um, we have a Xenoblade Chronicles X, maybe? No? Or some other Wii U-type games? That's what I want. We're, oh, this... We so weren't talking big, about that. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about the rumor stuff? 
No, no, no. We weren't talking about Xenoblade Chronicles X. No, I just, yeah, yeah. I just we, brought that we up. About, yeah. Uh, so this kind of like secondhand confirms, not even secondhand. I mean, this is directly from Nintendo, right? But this kind of gives legitimacy to a lot of the rumors that were entwined with the Pikmin 3 Deluxe uh, rumor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was actually... It was suspected to be called Deluxe. Right? That was the name and scheme Nintendo's been sticking with for a bit. So, with that, so let me just reiterate some of the rumors that were entwined with this. Uh, I'll, I'll save the juicy one for last. So, ooh, ooh. Mario, mm-hmm. All-Star 2 collection of Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, the Galaxy games, kind of some, some weird All-Star bundle like that. That was part of the rumor. Uh, Mario 3D World, uh, Deluxe-ish. It'll probably be called Deluxe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So those were some of the the big ones. Those are probably the more likelies, but the juicy one that this was kind of side-attached to, and I think is the best, if it's true, but it's probably the least likely, is that the team that did... Uh, Samus Returns is indeed working on a Super Metroid, Metroid 5, what have you, 3D visuals, but 2D side-scroll gameplay Metroid game. Mm -hmm. So this gives legitimacy to those rumors. And if those Mario games start to pop out, you better believe I'm putting on my Samus helmet. <laughs> you don't I have will a, walk around the house with that thing. You don't have a Samus helmet. I don't have a Samus helmet. I knew it. I, knew I wish I did, though. That'd you be so have, great. You'll have to get one now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that'd be awesome if they remade Super Metroid like they did with Met, uh, Samus Returns or Return to Samus or that combination. Um, that, would, that would be interesting. Yeah. Or if they just made something all on their own, like all together, just kind of different. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that they make. Uh, a Metroid Five, right? A a, a sequel to Fusion, because mm-hmm. so, that's where that's the last game timeline was in the Metroid franchise. Yeah, and yeah. things end in a very interesting story plot point on Metroid Fusion. So I would love for them to just continue with that. Also, that suit is fundamentally different. Uh, it's not the the normal Varia suit that Samus is known for. So. And can we also add more NPCs, more that I think I think would add to a lot of depth in Be, be careful with what you wish for because I don't, we I don't want non that. I don't want nonsense, all right? I don't want absolute nonsense. Other M might happen again. Oh, all right. Just forget be, it. Just be no zero NPCs. <laughs> We're just going to it's going to be like Alien and Ripley uh is just nobody's going to talk to her. Just I don't want nothing. I want nothing. I, the NPCs I, can be there. They just gotta all die, you know, in in homage to Alien. Yeah, right. I'm okay with it. Have the NPCs just kill them all. <laughs> just murder them all. Just, qu- just have like you know uh, Ridley pop out of someone's chest. It's just like a Tarantino movie. Anyway, yep. that's that's it for new new game announcements. Uh, some 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 quick hitters here. Uh, this one actually, we're gonna move this one down a little bit. Uh-oh. Sorry. Sorry, so sorry, sorry. Just doing a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, meant to move uh, story. Um, so, so we have the next Warframe 
Open world expansion. Heart of De Demos. 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 Uh, D e i m o s launches August twenty fifth, and this is obviously a free expansion. So Warframe, the free to play title in which is available on the Nintendo Switch, gets Switch gets a beefy expansion at the end of the month, and players get to enjoy it at the same time, regardless of their platform of choice. So I don't know. Say they say beefy, so. I'm guessing it's fairly substantial. Yeah, so it doesn't. There aren't too many open world elements to that to that game. So the fact that this expansion is there, clear, you know, before it even li lists the name of the expansion, they say open world. So that's a big yeah. deal. Right. So this opens up uh, when you pull up the world map. It shows up as its own. I don't know what that is. A planet, an asteroid, something. Uh, what is that thing? A thing that you can go to. <laughs> There's a thing there in the so world this, map. This is the way they explain it. Explore the open world expansion, Heart of Deimos. Heart of Deimos follow the digital extremes to previous open worlds. Plains of Eidolon. I feel like I'm reading, like, absolute gibberish here. <laughs> Plains of Eidolon and Fortuna with a design twist connecting an open world on its surface to a procedurally generated tile set underground so it's like two kind of surface two playable areas one of which is kind of straightforward and the other one is kind of randomized a little bit yeah pro probably like an instance and then you can probably invite a bunch of uh friends to join in on that instance and do runs uh yeah. maybe it's maybe it's like a, a mini raid or a mini dungeon of sorts type of thing gotcha. so it looks good though i mean it looks disgusting but in a good way I mean, it's a good looking game i mean yeah i was gonna say i think warframe is a really good looking game regardless yeah so I, I this has been a game i've always wanted to get into but it's one of those things though that i i don't want to learn all the metagame i don't want to i don't know if i want to do this mmo yeah. type of type of stuff anymore it's it's a big game to learn very yeah. big there's yeah. a lot to it, and then there's the grind, and yeah. If if it wasn't for those things, like this world, it, it looks kind of beautiful. So mm -hmm. it, it does look a bit exciting, and then yeah, they're they're kind of going through like these weird glowing skin tunnels, and then you emerge from the tunnel, and you can see like uh, I think that's the planet Mars is kind of like in in the atmosphere. You can kind of see it out there, uh -huh. and Mars looks big and massive then there's like weird alien i don't know what that thing is but it's kind of like oh, it's shining light everywhere it looks cool. <laughs> yeah yeah i think the character uh designs uh and is are really really interesting but yeah, yeah. so that is coming out august 25th next monster rancher 2 for the switch coming this autumn now we did mention this in a previous episode, but now we have confirmation of when it's coming, and they have like this little debut trailer. Now I'm gonna be honest, I have zero interest in this game, and in fact, I think <laughs> I think it looks hideous. Yeah. Uh, this is also a game that's out. I think it's on um, mobile. So I, man, it just looks. It looks like a really terrible Pokemon game. Like, if Pokemon could look worse, 
this is what you'd get, to be honest with you. I'm just not a fan of this. Uh, so, here we go. The enhanced port of Monster Rancher 2 finally has a release window in Japan, as it is due to come out in autumn. The game is set to cost 2,820 uh, yen, not worth it, whatever that amounts to in um, uh, US dollars. Koei Tecmo has released the debut trailer for the port, which is set to come to the Nintendo Switch. A Western release date hasn't been mentioned at present. It's about 25 bucks. What? That's People what that amount comes to. It's about 25 bucks. I would, not, I would not pay 25 cents for that game. If I had to guess, if it ever came stateside, it would be 20. Whatever. I, I could guess. I, I don't know. What are, you, what are you guys, listeners, tell me. What do you guys think? Monster Rancher 2? Is this a thing? Is this really something people play? People, I, I would want a sequel to Monster Rancher. I would not want this. Right. Yeah. Some, something just, that's actually, you know, not based on the PlayStation 2 game from way back when. Yeah, it just look, does not look good. Yeah. I, would, I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. It just looks so bad. Well, it's, it's the PS2 game. That's what it is. It's the PS2 game that got some enhancements when it got brought over to, I guess, mobile, like you said. And then yep. it's a port of that mobile version, that enhanced mobile version. So, mm -hmm. meh. It is yeah. a big, it is a very big meh. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, Dragon Quest Rivals, renamed as Dragon Quest Rivals Ace. In true Japanese fashion, they just make the titles longer. <laughs> um, and single player mode do it. I'm sorry. Again, this is the whole Konami discussion that we had really riled me up. I am just like in. And I'm just in a bad mood, and this is your fault, Johnny. This is Square Enix, though, so don't. I know, don't, I know, but I'm just like, are. I'm just finding negative in like everything right now. I really need to just take it easy. All right, why? why can you take over here? Do you want? Do you mind reading what what they sure. what they have to say? Square Enix has announced this morning that, <laughs> and by this morning, this is we're going back uh, like two weeks. Um, that uh, the Final Fantasy cart. Oh, sorry. That the fantasy card game Dragon Quest Rivals. I'm having speech problems. Dragon Quest <laughs> Rivals is getting the rebranding treatment and will now be titled Dragon Quest Rivals Ace. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. <laughs> the company also said that the Nintendo Switch game will get a long-awaited single-player mode, which is titled Solo Battle Adventure. And there you go. Yeah, it has, uh, has an interesting looking trailer as well. I, I think that's about the only thing we get to see anyway. It's just it's just like a cinematic uh, type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, it's kind of coming out. It's coming Very out. Soon. That's all we got to say about that. Cross code for the Nintendo Switch gets a huge performance update. This happened on July 28th. So if you're playing it, um, you probably already know this. But if you were hesitant to get this game because you you had heard it had performance issues. Worry no more. They fixed a bunch of stuff. Everyone I know, even re like ir regardless of what these performance problems were, like people were still raving about this game. So, but they have, you know, they threw down a huge performance update. So, way to I go, think guys. I think I need to get this game. Like, I have. I, every time I boot up my Switch, it's kind of like, sigh. There isn't really anything I want to play, like, really want to play. 
But there is this game. Have you played it on PC? No. no. Oh, all right. It's a pretty beefy game, too. I want to say it's uh, it's pretty lengthy. It's about 30, 35 hours. It looks good, too. It looks really, really good. Fast-paced. Yeah. This may be something I, I, am, I actually... I am getting it. I'm waiting for the physical version. Hmm. Whenever that comes out. I would love to talk about it more if only... If only I could get my hands on a copy. If only. If only, if only I checked my email one of these days. You should check an email once or twice. Uh, Atelier Ryza 2 for the Switch. Uh, first details announced. Now, we mentioned this back when there was a mini direct, third-party mini direct. We weren't... We didn't get this in our direct. We, this was in the Japanese direct. But there's uh, some, some stuff that that was, I think, pretty important uh, here. Um, and not pretty important. There's a lot of early purchase stuff, okay? So there's a lot of custom sets. I think for Koei Tecmo, that's that's a thing they do. They they hide a lot of these things. Actually, once the window is for the early um, purchase bonus, once that's passed, it becomes a microtransaction. I, I believe that's something they do, so... That that is actually the um, the the only details <laughs> uh, here. Well, I, if uh, if you have save data from the original game, you'll get some extra outfits. Okay. So. And I do recommend this is one of those games that I don't know if people just sleep on it. I'm not. I I have no idea. But this is definitely a game that I recommend playing. Atelier Riser. It looks really cool. Uh, the animations, the combat animations are really cool. Um, and it's the story of it is just so simple, right? It's just set in this little town. It, it never leaves that town. Uh, it's, it's it's a pretty good game. Definitely yeah, recommend my friend, it. My friend just picked it up, and he's been playing through it and on PC uh, yeah. and having a blast. So. Yeah, and it plays really well on the Switch. So yeah. there's that. All right, cool. Um, we have a new, for your physical, uh, people who like to get physical out there, Stardew Valley is coming, um, physically. Uh, who is putting this out? Fan, fangamer.com. Ah, yes, uh, another, another physical, what do they call them now? A juggernaut, deluxe piece, no, that's something else, that's something that's inside of it. Um, yeah, this, this, this is a pretty big... Pretty big, uh, I guess, kit we can call here. It's got, it's kind of got some stuff you have to assemble. It's kind of like your 3D birchwood type of thing. And you can you can set up, and it looks like it's parallax. It's kind of got layers like onions and Shrek and stuff. So, so there's the standard physical, and then there's the collector's edition. So right. you can get either one. Who is, who is getting a standard? Nobody's getting that standard yeah, one. Yeah, you don't get standard Stardew Valley. You get collector's <laughs> edition, which is ridiculous. Oh, wow, the covers are different. Huh, interesting. They are, they are different. I don't, yeah. That collector's cover is awesome, too. Now, that collector's cover is kind of garbage. No, it's not. It, were... looks, it looks graphically different. It doesn't look like it's the same art style. It looks like someone like added that artwork, like like the fan gamer people. I like it. I don't like it. It looks like it should have come from the artist that actually made the game. Well, you don't have to get it. 
Okay. I could be wrong too. It could have come from the artist that actually made the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, does it also come with a guidebook? Oh no, is that that is optional? Yeah, uh... th- there's also a guidebook, uh, twenty five dollar additional. So the uh, with the if you were to get the guidebook as well as the collection for the Switch, you're looking at almost a hundred dollars hairs, ninety four dollars. That's, wow, that's that's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. But if you like your Stardew Valley, and if you like collecting, there's that. That's how they. Well, get you know you. what I like. Uh, no. What do you like? I like talking about Square Enix some more. Oh, jeez, oh, let's do it. Let's talk <laughs> about Square Enix and um, some of their subsidiaries, kind of. Not doing so well. So this is uh, this came out a day ago, right? So Square Enix reports big losses from subsidiaries Tokyo RPG Factory and Studio Istolia. I'm not so familiar with Studio Istolia. I am yep. familiar with Tokyo RPG Factory. So back in way back in 2014, um, Tokyo RPG Factory hit the streets, um, and they were hoping. It says here they had a a goal of satisfying gamers who grew up playing RPGs in the 90s. Old school RPGs. Old school RPGs. So they, they in turn, uh, created I Am Setsuna, as well as Lost Sphere. Now, you again, you and I were talking about these games. They were You had mentioned that they were very safe. Yep. And I don't... me uh, uh, And also they did Oninaki. I don't want to forget that. Um, which is also another safe game but the problem is that these games didn't make square enix any money now what do you what do you think caused this like are they just are there too many big names in there and they're just uh make money they actually lost money right that's what i'm saying they didn't they didn't (laughs) even make money like why why is that these games aren't bad right they're not bad. They're just not good enough. And they were meant to... The, the whole point of Tokyo RPG Factory was to make smaller, bite-sized, sort of very safe, like, nostalgia-selling games. And, I, and typical Square fashion, they just love throwing money into game development like non-stop they just continue to throw money at stuff i have no clue what what went wrong but this this shouldn't have been a non-success no. other than other than probably just the game designs it's either a failure of the game designs themselves they took for granted what uh the the sell factor of or, or they overestimated the the sell factor of hidden purely just nostalgia, when they should have considered like, hey, maybe we actually have to make a great game here. I think that's personally, I think that's what the issue is. That or mismanagement and thrown money at uh, at the problem and not being conscious of that. It's something that they typically do with Final Fantasy. So I I don't know if they do that just across the board. They just love throwing money at stuff. Right, but Final Fantasy, they definitely throw money at that to make it work. This, these games, I can definitely see them throwing some money at them, but 
maybe the people running these games, the directors and project leads and whatnot, maybe they're accustomed to like always asking for more money, and Square's like, nope, you're not Final Fantasy. You get no more money. So then they release a substandard game. But honestly, I think it is the design. It's just a flaw in how these games were designed. They were just weren't like they weren't ambitious enough. Right. There's there's nothing earth shattering about them. But I I wouldn't even I wouldn't consider them bad. I'm look I'm looking at some of the like Metacritic scores and, and they're they're average, right? There's seventies. They're all they're yeah. all they're all seventies. They're all about that anyway. And when when you have people making games on RPG Factory that also scores in the seventies, well, you're square. You're throwing millions of dollars at you know at this uh, Tokyo RPG Factory. Meanwhile, you have indies throwing thousands of dollars right. at the uh, RPG maker and making games that are somewhat comparable. Because yeah. those games are also hitting on the nostalgia factor. And they're also not like truly innovative or ambitious. They but they get the job done, right? They're playing it safe, and that's what these are. So it's like they're not seeing the the immediate fault in how they're trying to make money off of this. What they should have done was do what uh, Octopath Traveler, what that studio did, because yeah. they did the nostalgia thing, but they did they did it in a very new and interesting way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there was definitely no innovation uh here, right? They they went for the throwback and and that's essentially what we got, right? They did nothing new, nothing really interesting. Um I don't know. So it says here uh, the financial results show that Tokyo RPG Factory had a net loss of 154.33 million yen, which I did my calculations on Google is about 1 and a half million US dollars during yep. the same term. From the previous fiscal year, Tokyo RPG Factory saw a net income of 88.39 million yen. About 800k. Yeah, so they saw an income of that, and but they their their total losses are at almost a, one and a half million. Yeah, uh, they're they're all also their phrasing of net income, net loss. You know, that's odd. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure if they made money. The year previous, like they made that, what is it, eight hundred k previously, and then they lost all that money. I I don't know how that works. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not saying uh, profit. They're not saying revenue. They're not saying the the tried and true financial terms. So right, right, right. Uh, either way, it's not successful, and it looks like they're gonna get shut down. Well, one of them is shut down. So yeah, Studio Astulia shut down. I don't even know what they've even <laughs> done to be honest with you. So let me read the short blurb uh, regarding Studio Estolia. Square Enix first announced the establishment of Studio Estolia in February 2017, helmed by longtime Tales of series producer Hideo Baba. The studio announced its first project, Project Prelude Rune. However, after Baba left Square Enix and Studio Estolia in April 2019, the subsidiary company and project were officially canceled in the following month. So basically, they... I, they they lost. What does it say here? Uh, reported a net loss of twenty six point eight million yen during the same term. The previous fiscal year, the subsidiary company reported another net loss of five hundred ninety two million yen. Ooh, Basically, 
wow, just nothing came of that at all. So Studio Astolia, yeah. barely knew you. See you later. Unbelievable. That's, that's terrible. I mean, you know, this is this this kind of reflects, you know, what I said before. Like Square doesn't they don't have good management of their Japan studios or of their Japan game development. They're they're they own a lot of Western developers and studios. Uh-huh. And those are doing fine. Those are making money. But because the Japan side of things in Square is like bleeding so much, it it kind of shows, right? It's oh, yeah. there's no way Final Fantasy VII, for example, which just released uh, a few months ago, there's no way they're they're getting a return on that major major investment. No, that's why they're they're uh, they had said that they were they they sped up the process of the second. I don't know. Are they calling it episodes? Is that what they're calling the remakes there? I don't know if it's episodes or parts. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, like, from what I remember or reading, or remember reading, is that it was supposed to be, they were supposed to start working on it, like, someday in the future, and they're already working on it right away. They don't want to waste any time, which is, I think, is a smarter thing to do anyway. Well, they have to. They, right. If, if they wait, they're going to have to update their engine. I, I feel or, like they, right, yeah. for the new gens, right? I feel like they should have already been doing that. Whatever. Well, uh, so they're using Unreal Engine mm-hmm. for Final Fantasy, and that's smart because that's going to be able to scale up on next gen uh, as they need as they need to to do. Don't forget, Final Fantasy VII was announced, I think, when PS3 was still kicking. We're going back. I think it was announced like. 2012 or 2011 it's a long time ago a long time ago very long time ago and i said way back then to my friends i was like you're not gonna see this game until 2020 right i I was i was kind of (laughs) like i was kind of joking a little bit i knew it was going to be like way late but i was actually right (laughs) you're right (laughs) came out 2020 you just want to pat yourself on the back well Look, they, they they throw money. And when it comes to the Final Fantasy franchise, they they are very stubborn and they throw enough money on it to get it to work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I it Square I have a I, I don't know. I, I just don't like how Square handles anything that isn't Final Fantasy. It they just don't give it enough good treatment. Right. And they sit. They have so many good franchises. They're sitting on so many. Of course. <laughs> All right. So this is what led off my terrible mood. Right, I was just talking about Konami and their franchises. They're just sitting on. Suikoden creators announce RPG Aiden Chronicle Hundred Heroes for PS Five, Xbox Series X, and. PC, and also whatever Nintendo product is out, maybe. <laughs> it was a little... It isn't greatest Nintendo thing. Yeah, it was. A li- I, I feel like it was a little vague the way they said it. They said that if they couldn't port that game over to the Switch, current Switch, that they may have to reimburse people if that's what they really want. Or if there's some sort of new Switch, uh, maybe uh, one with a little more horsepower behind it, they would then port it there. So Well, they said that for a very good reason. 
You think because, they know? Uh, you think well, they know for, something? Well, no, 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 it's not that they know something. It's, well, they do know something. It's called experience, right? And, and from experience, via Igarashi, they know because Bloodstained Ritual of the Night went through the process saying it's coming to Wii U. Right. And the development took so long, it's like, oops, sorry, all you Wii U people were actually bringing it to the Switch instead. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good that they have the foresight. And this game's not slated to come out uh, for another three years, so that leads you to right about when the Nintendo Switch generation may be over. So it's around six to seven years uh, you see a new generation coming in. So it might be, it's around that time, which is why they're, they're saying that. But let me just, I, I skipped over a lot of stuff here. Uh, this was a Kickstarter event. This happened July 27th, it opened up. Um, and it's currently, I think, at 20-something days left. Is that what it is? And it's sitting at around $2.7 million right now. So you've had roughly about a week's time. It's at $2.7 million. It's kind of plateaued there a little bit, and I think you mentioned it before that this is kind of where you'll see it kind of go up just a little bit, kind of just, it's kind of, again, like I said, flattened off. And then once the final push comes, you think it'll be around what? I I think it'll probably come up somewhere right around 5 million. So there's always a, a big, a big surge in the beginning, a big surge in the end. And then it's kind of like flat uh, with little blips uh, during the, the meaty middle, uh, so that's that's generally how Kickstarter funding goes. So the the midway thing, it won't grow as much. It'll kind of be a little steady. Uh, but yeah, the beginning surge and then the end surge are the two big ones. So it could actually grow up and collect five million. But that's, I mean, it's it has already hit what they're looking for uh, by more than four times, right? Almost five times. Actually, I think about five times the amount. They hit a lot of their uh, their stretch goals, including bringing it to whatever the next gen Switch thing is, or the Switch itself. So no matter what, it's gonna come to a Nintendo console. It just they phrase it in a way what they what their intent is. It's coming to a Nintendo system, and if Nintendo, because of the time frame thing, if it overlaps with Switch Pro, Switch Two, whatever, it's gonna come to that. Yeah. Instead, right. Because why would they want to bring it to a less powerful system? Right. So if you're unfamiliar with Aiden Chronicle 100 Heroes, it's led by Suikoden 1 and 2 veteran uh, scenario writer Yoshi. I'm just going to call him Yoshi M. Uh, alongside series veterans. Uh, he's got this has got an all-star cast of Suikoden veterans along with other other com- like uh, who's the composer on it? I, I can't. He, he also had a. Uh, the composer is Michiko Naruki. He did uh, Wild Arms, and then Matoi Sakuraba, who did the Tales of series. Dude, you can't read Dragon Quest Rivals Aces, but you can read those Japanese things. Like, <laughs> perfect. I don't know. If I, I, don't, I would not call that perfect. Well, you did a better job. Anyway, yeah. uh, so it's it's. I think this is a lot of why this is selling really well. You got a lot of series veterans, a lot of passion behind the Suikoden series, um, and also what they've shown off. I, I think is a step up or a another twist, um, 
or another iteration of what Octopath is doing. So they're they're doing that HD two D thing, and they're 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 putting their own unique spin on it. I think it looks phenomenal. I absolutely love the way this game looks. Um, one thing I've always, I've mentioned in the past on other um uh, on another podcast was that the battle system it's got tactical advantages. So there's different heights and and all that stuff matters in in a battle. Uh, and I just I think just the complexity in the battle system is going to get me where I want to play this game. Really the the height matters? Yeah, yeah. So um I I I think it was in an update or I forgot where I read it. Um but there's there's tactical advantages in this turn-based combat. So does that mean that there's positioning cuz the turn-based combat I mean, what they showed, by the way, what they showed in the combat looked like a concept. It did not look like it is actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. So I would, I'm, I am skeptical. What they showed with the NPC sort of walking around town, that looks legit. That looks like it's running on a thing. That, but th- once again, that's kind of... We've seen that done before. That's kind of like the easy stuff. It's not easy, but right, 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 at all. But they kind of got that. That looks normal, like Octopath Traveler type stuff. But the combat stuff, I'm a little skeptical on. If it is that crazy with the dynamic camera type stuff that they have going on, then yeah, that that is very impressive. What they have going on there, but it it looks a little. It looks like it's a little hard to swallow for what they're trying to pull off there. Just you a think, little bit. You think it's too ambitious? I just think it's faked. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't think... I do think that they can, they can definitely pull it off. I just think it's... What they're showing there is a proof of concept. Yeah. That's what I think. Right. Well, the combat side. The right, combat right, side. right, right, right. I would not be surprised if that combat system, or at least how they portrayed it in this trailer, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it changed dramatically and became mm-hmm. something a bit more simpler. I can easily see them doing like a simpler combat system that's easier for them to do because they're veterans and it's comfortable for them. And they I, need to. I like, really hope they ran out of funds and they yeah. need to like get the game out there because Kickstarter fans have been waiting three years. I hope it doesn't. I, I I will wait four years. I don't care. Just get it as close to what you showed me. Um, there is a disclaimer at the bottom of the trailer. It says early in-game visuals, early in-engine visuals may change throughout development. Yeah. So I, I think that's pr- fairly common anyway. But I really hope it's it's close to this. I really do. Another Another thing about... Sui Coden is that there were multiple ways to engage in combat, and it, it tied in with the story as you play through it. So my guess is you're we're gonna see very because they showed all right they showed that like very cinematic looking combat thing where they're all doing like their their collective attacks combo attacks onto like this weird squid head yep. boss yep. thing. And then there is another one where you see uh, three, a row of three characters and then another row of three characters all 
attacking, I don't know, some weird plant... plant, swamp plant shrub things, uh, and and just standing, you know, kind of like in a very traditional sort of, uh, you stand here, you face the enemies, the enemies stand there, they face you, kind of thing. And that looks very traditional, but that's also kind of what you got in Suit Cody, so... I don't know. I'm I'm excited because Suit Coden has has is one of the most acclaimed RPGs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and not just the first one. The first one, the second one, uh, mainly just those two. The third one was, from what I heard, really good. I just don't know. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I am very excited about this. I've been really, really keeping a close eye on it. Um, as they've been updating fairly regularly, um, yeah, it's, it's still we're still uh, on the honeymoon phase, right? So they're just keeping us updated, updated, updated. And um, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I was the first backer in, for this game, backer number one. Just, you were? Just, I'm just saying. Yep. Seriously? Yeah. Backer number one. <laughs> backer number wow. one. How are you um, able to get on there that quickly? I don't know. I had the link to the email uh, in from an email they sent me, and I was ready to go. Anyway, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited. I think a lot, of, obviously, a lot of people are excited. I mean, there there are so many like uh, different tiers of things you can buy. Um, it's it just gets ridiculous. But I just went with a physical physical version, hopefully for the Switch. I didn't go. I didn't go nuts on this one, like I did with some other Kickstarter stuff. Anyway, uh, Koei Tecmo financial report states Persona Five Scramble will get a Western release. Of course why, it will. But why is Koei Tecmo saying this? I I don't get it. Uh, is maybe... that because they they do the kind of the uh, Localization? No, they, I don't know. They tend to do these miso games, don't they? Yeah, and well, they're the ones who developed it. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm just. I'm so, just totally. I'm. I'm in. Uh, I get in Chronicles land, so I just gotta. Yeah. I, I gotta. I gotta straighten out. Hopefully, I, Atlas and Koei Tecmo can straighten me out here. Yeah, I, I just don't know to the extent of. The involvement with Atlas, obviously Atlas has the franchise, but mm. Koei Tecmo did the development. But my guess is there, there's probably some degree of development on the Atlas side. This could be like a partnership type thing, but yeah. Koei Tecmo, they're the ones that want to, they're probably the bigger pushers. They probably have a bigger stake in this project. Of course. So, yeah. It's coming stateside, so... I don't know. Persona I feel, 5, eventually, I feel, to the Switch. I don't know about that one, but I, I feel like we've been talking about Persona Five Scramble for such a long time, just waiting for it to come out. Anyway, it, the game just came out not that not less than a year ago in Japan, so it's coming. Yep. In true, in true Atlas fashion, we'll get it when they're ready. Um, exactly. Whether, whether it's a year, two, whatever, we'll get it when it's ready. All right. Uh, also, Nintendo Switch version of No More Heroes has been rated in Taiwan. The Taiwan the first one. The first one. The, the Taiwan first one. What? 
I thought we were getting yeah. th three. Three is coming, apparently coming this year at well, some point. Yeah, well, we need an update on that one. Uh, the Taiwan Digital Game Rating Committee has rated Nintendo Switch version of No More Heroes. The game Nintendo Switch. That's that's important to know, right? That it's a Nintendo Switch version. Uh, this game is released on uh, this game released on the Wii in 2007, which was 13 years ago. Thank you, my Nintendo News, for telling me that. Uh, and the <laughs> PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 received a remastered version of the game in April 2010. How many years? My Nintendo News. That's 10. I'll do the math for you. It is an unknown when and where this will officially be announced. It is also unknown if the, if it will be the original Wii version or the 2010 remaster. I mean, if they had any sense, they would do the 2010 remaster, right? Why would I? Why would anyone want to play an older version? Well, so the big question, the reason why is the motion control stuff, right? So Which, that that's the big reason why. I mean, it can be replicated on the Switch. It's not. It. it you know what I mean. What I'm saying is, if they want to do that, because mm -hmm. the the Wii Remote, uh, or not the Wii, the Switch Joy-Cons, that's what they're called, the Joy-Cons can do, they can kind of replicate, not in the same way, but they can replicate the Wii motion controls. Right. And to me, that, the at the very least with the first No More Heroes, that was part of the fun of that game, was doing that, was... You know, either tilting the remote up, tilting it down to change your stance from from high stance to low stance, and then when you're doing the final strike, right, the the killing blow, you swing it in the arrow direction directed, or if you're doing the super the the wrestling moves, you oh, right. you know like do the, the crisscrosses and whatnots. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of that was fun, right? Because you're not doing the motion all the time; you're only doing it at as like finishers. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. See, I'm not a big fan on motion controls. I, I think it's just a, a gimmick that hasn't sold to me. I don't know. Just just not a I'm thing for me. Just not yeah. for me. I, it's probably going to be the PS3 version. So. Yeah. I'm okay There's, with that. It's easier to just not have to deal with motion controls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Development-wise. Right, unless they do both, which are, that's a lot of work. But Yeah, they're not going to do that. All right, what do we have upcoming for the Switch here? August 5th, we have Steam Tactics. Um, I did get a little bit of chance to play Steam Tactics. It is a port of a mobile game. It is a yep. very simple tactics-based game. Very simple. Uh, basically, you're fighting all these steamships on a, I don't know, what is that, a 10 by 10 grid? Uh, there's some obstacles in the way, nothing really crazy very minimalistic narrative in the game. Um, the art design for the cutscenes are okay. They're basically just still shots of still shots of whatever character is speaking, and the text kind of rolls through. Uh, nothing, nothing really crazy there. The overworld is very simplistic. Uh, basically, node to node. That's your over overworld with some shops in there. Um, again, nothing. It doesn't look good. Nothing crazy about it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look bad though. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, for sale or the the manufactured retail price is ten dollars. So there's that. Uh, next we have Mystery Mine. I did not get a chance to play this game. 
um i'm sorry for uh steam tactics that's august 5th this game is uh mystery mine is also august 5th yep um it's it's a pick i I don't even know how to describe this one it's um pixel arts (laughs) okay um it's a pixel art platformer uh, very like 8-bit even uh not 16-bit and i'm not sure if I had to describe it, I would say it's Terraria, but with Terraria's dungeon delving elements without the building and digging. Okay. If I, if I had to like very quickly describe it, I don't know if there's actually digging or uh, let's see, action platformer role playing. Yeah, so I think it's pretty much just Terraria without the the whole crafting, digging, building stuff. Okay, let me just quickly read a description. Dangerous monsters and bosses, ancient magic and decisions on which many lives depend. Can the ordinary aborigine save the world? Uh, dynamic adventure in the mystery in the mystery mine. Dangerous monsters and bosses, ancient magic and decisions on which many lives depend. I just read that. Can the ordinary <laughs> aborigine save the world? I read it twice. Great. Uh, so history, um, Badanga, Bonga. Um, I'm trying to read what they say as history. Bonga used to be just a simple worker in a small village far from civilization. Once he meets the ancient spirit who needs his help, the spirit promises to protect Bonga's village from the great evil. So Bonga decides to come with him to the underworld. And that's basically where you said there you going into these mines uh, sort of thing. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, mm. Next, we have Alphadia Genesis. I think this is a port um, from Kemco. So if you're familiar with Kemco games, um, I think <laughs> you'll be familiar with this one here. Um, it's kind of, except for this one has kind of a 3D space uh, turn, turn, um, turn-based turn combat. But yeah, I, it's a Kemco game. 15 bucks. I don't know what else to say about that one. Next, we have what am I reading here? The, na- <laughs> the name of <laughs> the name of the game is called "Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon?" Familiar Myth Infinite Combat. That's what I said. Uh, this <sighs> wow. I'm just gonna read the description. Uh, become the greatest adventurer through dungeon crawling, real-time RPG combat, so it is an action combat game, uh, and date events not seen in the anime. So this is an anime? Yeah. Okay. Well, th- I guess that makes a little bit more sense by what I'm seeing in these screenshots. Yeah, the, uh, the I guess the story sequences look real good. Real good quality. Yep. The uh, gameplay part does not match at all the character design or anything else you're like full-blown chibi mode yeah and it looks it looks mobile it looks like it's mobile graphics it looks doesn't look good yeah Uh, i don't know It, it i there is not a price on here so unfortunately i cannot tell you how much it will be download size almost five gigs that's that's for all the cutscenes. Yeah, that is cutscene stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, next, oh, we've been, we've been talking about this game for a long, long time. August 12th, we have yeah. Banner of the Maid. I, I think this one looks really, really interesting, and we've talked about this. It's an alternate yeah. history of the French Revolution. It's a turn-based strategy tactical game. Um, it, it's, I, I think this is going to be a good one. It's got a lot of depth to it. It's got a lot of, uh, does it have the, I think it does have the tactical kind of advantages type of stuff like height advantage that sort of stuff it's it's gonna be one to watch i am waiting with bated breath to see what uh what how it how it does review wise because it's yeah that just the setting is very different it's it's like a cross between advanced wars and fire emblem and uh total war Mm -hmm. but like simple yeah so so here's I'm just sure. some of the uh the the combat environments critical terrain elements that provide advantages and disadvantages during battle key, uh, different key locations that provide unique support for different types of troops uh special events that take place on the battleground as the story progresses environment changes such as storms heavy snow thick fog and dark nights now see that's the kind of stuff that I really missed out, or I think Fire Emblem Three Houses missed out on some of these things, just yeah. to make to make battles just different, you know? Every yeah. battle in Fire Emblem just felt kind of the same. Yeah, the, uh, that's something that they nailed super well when I was playing uh, Tactics Ogre. The, it's just some battles, you know, it's bright, shiny skies, and then some battles, it was just crazy. Thunderstorm is Aging lightning is flashing all over the place. This torrential rain all over the place. Just it really not, you know. Not only is there like gameplay elements, but just the feel. It like just feels that much more epic and dire Mm -hmm. when you're in the middle of that combat and the music matches in some way to it's like a more up up to beat kind of kind of battle tune. It's great stuff. It's a great sensation. Yeah, I will say. They do show a screenshot of the rain that happens in this game, and I am a little disappointed. You can kind of barely notice the rain, first off, and second, it's like falling down straight exactly. You don't do that. You do it the way they did in Tactics Ogre, where it's on a slant, it's torrential, and there's lightning and thunder all over the place. That's just a still. You don't know where the rain's coming from. This isn't like Forrest Gump, where the rain goes sideways. You can see where the rain's coming from. Has streaks has perfectly vertical streaks. Maybe in this, it's just a snapshot. It's just a still image. You don't know where it is. A still image, but it has it has a trail, and all you need is two points to find out direction. I I I understand what you're saying, but maybe that's just one instance. Maybe the wind will take it another direction. And this is just light rain. You're not gonna have you're not gonna have sideways rain. It says light rain. You're not gonna have sideways rain. rain. You know, there's just you know, I'm it's, hoping it's not I'm that hoping. much of a storm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it looks really interesting. I think it's going to it's going to fit in there with some of those people that maybe even like like yourself, like tactics, ogre, that that sort of stuff. Um, and even here uh, where I said the combat environments, over 30 maps, including cities, plains, snowy mountains, etc., utilize the unique elements on the battlefield to ensure yeah. advantages. So I, I like a lot of the stuff that they're they're doing here and for a uh, price of about $17. So it's not too expensive. 
All right, on to the main topic. Okay, do you want do you want to set the uh, set the stage here? Set the stage. So, Gio and I have been kind of having like little side chats about various things, and one of the things that has us excited is, and this kind of stemmed from Mario, uh, Paper Mario, that recently came out on the Switch. Yeah, a little and, bit Yeah, a, a little bit from that. It's basically, you know, we always like to fantasize about, like, hey, wouldn't it be great if such and such Nintendo franchise had a Mario RPG-style spinoff? Wouldn't that be great? And then we're like, you know what? Let's just really... Ha- Hash that out. Let's let's pick, you know, a small handful of games each that we would absolutely love to see get some sort of RPG spinoff of some sort, where we're taking like franchises that are clearly not RPG, like very clearly not RPG. I might take a little bit of liberties on that very clearly part, <laughs> but we pick some franchises that are not typically viewed as an RPG, and then we say, you know, how about if we do this as an RPG, and then we're going to offer our our thoughts as to how that could work. Okay. This is not so, easy. This is not easy at all. No, it's not. <laughs> so we, we, we each chose uh, three games each, and uh, would you like to sort of spill your beans on your first one? Yeah, sure. Um... I'm not exactly sure how I would stage this as an RPG, um, but I would like, I think, I, I think that this character could exponentially grow as a, um, and become stronger as an RPG character. And that character is Kirby. Uh, and he could grow in any way possible. He can inhale his, his victim and take on those traits. And, and then there you go. And And this would be, a 3D, I would make this a 3D action RPG. Okay, so action Kirby, RPG. Yep. Okay. Kirby is in this 3D action RPG rated M for mature, <laughs> where <laughs> where like that's how he gets along. He's just inhaling his victims, and then and then that also um, carries along stats. Um, so that's how and, he, and abilities, right? Just and, like in the regular Kirby and, games and abilities, and maybe yeah. during this he can mix and match abilities. Like I saw in the latest Kirby game, where you can mix and match abilities, and then you have different combinations of 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 characters, right? And uh, I don't know. I think that would kind of be interesting, but it's got to be rated M for mature. <laughs> I I think it would work brilliantly, especially if they kind of borrowed heavily from Pokemon, right? Because that's basically Kirby plays his own Pokemon. That's what yeah. he's doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can imagine, like, Kirby whittles an enemy down, whittles them away, and then when they're just prior to death, they are they are inhalable. Right. And then that that's the Pokeball catching mechanic. Right. And then you swallow them, and now you, you are, are that enemy. You, you gain their abilities, mm-hmm. and you'll gain some experience or whatever. You know, you're, you're getting some stats along with that. And with that enemy, with their abilities, you can now have access, right? You get the sword ability as Kirby, right? The, the fire wand type thing with Kirby and the hammer and all those other abilities that you can get, the ice breath thing, right, right. all that. So it's all depending on the enemy that you get. And maybe at some point, uh, if you swallow, kind of like Castlevania style, right? If you w- Would you want this to be a side scroll? No, I want this 3D. 
Full 3D. Full 3D, like third person. That's like the new thing, right? Well, you'd have to describe because there's a lot of ways that third person is executed. I want perspective-wise. Right. I'm, talk, I'm talking like I'm talking like Last of Us, God of War, that sort of style. <laughs> well, Last of Us is a very oh okay. So Last of Us, not very different, but it is slightly different. But okay, if you're saying God of War, so we're talking like heavy behind the shoulder camera. Yep. yep. All my games are going to be like that, actually. <laughs> All right. That that's so, that's my theme. That's my theme. That, go, that goes alongside the rated M for mature. Yes. <laughs> I want to re- like, like you. Yeah, it'd be God of War style. You whittle the enemy's health down or build up their stun meter, and then you push in the R three button to do the gruesome <laughs> swallow. <laughs> the fin- the finisher. The finisher. <laughs> <laughs> or you suck out their soul. That's it, man. That is it. Again, that's. That's going to be the theme for my picks. Three, okay. 3D over-the-shoulder action RPGs. What do you got? Okay. I'm going to go with... I'm going to save my best for last. Okay. So what I'm going to go with now is kind of what people kind of... Exp- which is Metroid. To me, I think Metroid will be such a perfect fit to have like a bona fide, legitimate RPG spinoff. And the way I, how I envision it is I envision it basically kind of just Metroid Prime, except going full ham. If you were to take Metroid Prime and match it up and just mash it with Mass Effect, boom, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Metroid Prime, Mass Effect, but you don't get a party, no party stuff. Right, nope. this is Sans. You go alone. Yeah, you can't. Right? You if, can't have a party. If you have a party, it's your ship. That's it. <laughs> it's Adam. <laughs> Adam's your party. Not not the human Adam. The ship Adam. Yes, yes, uh, yes. That, that's your party member. That's it. You know, you can build up maybe some sort of like weird special meter or whatever. Or if you're battling outdoors, you can call you know Adam up and he does like a little blast, or maybe Samus hops on top of the ship and and just like bombards enemies with a laser. Or something like that. But yeah, full-blown RPG immersive world experience where the way I would see it is there would be a hub world where all the NPCs are, right? Some sort of spaceport, space station, space colony type thing. Yeah, some some sort of colony ship or whatever where the Federation force is at or some some presence of the Federation force or maybe even just something smaller – like a uh, science vessel, uh, a research facility, like in Super Metroid and some of the others, right? So Samus goes there to get her quests, interact with the NPCs, progress some elements of the story. Meanwhile, uh, she picks up her her next major quest, and she kind of picks and chooses, right? More along the lines of playing through with what Samus is. She's a bounty hunter. Yep. So she's going to this... Hub, or it could be a collection of smaller hub placements, kind of like um, uh, the Outer Worlds, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of smaller cities here and there, smaller places to go with NPCs. Uh, not really small. I mean, they're they're actually big enough. Uh, so something like that, where you're bouncing around. Actually, that's that's a pretty good setup too. The Outer Worlds meets Metroid kind of thing. Go. And then when you actually get on the planet and you leave, you know, society. You're now on your own, and I want 
this whole like on your own environments to be full-blown Metroid Prime style, very hostile, leaning heavily into the aliens influence that the Metroid franchise has always been known for and going absolutely ham. And obviously all of this open world traveling between uh, traveling into outer space. I'm okay with like doing a map, clicking on the next map point and stuff like that. But once you land on a planet or on a moon or whatever it is, completely open world as it should be. No pausing. The the most I would be okay with uh, is you shoot a door and wait a few seconds for it to open. Yeah. Yeah, that's, no ty- that's typically something we're not used to in, in Metroid games, open world. Now, you would do this first person, right? Well, actually, all the Metroid games are open world. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, in the, not in the sense that I'm thinking, right? Not in the sense of uh, the Outer Worlds or Fallout or Skyrim, yeah. that sort of stuff. They're, they're not as open. They, they don't have environments that are as open as those. They're much more handcrafted. Uh, some corridors are very linear, but they're very winding into uh, themselves. It's all room-based, but all those rooms are all interconnected. They all piece together as one big, open, cohesive world mm-hmm. with gating via the doors, but there's no load screens unless you count the elevators, but that's between sectors. And at that point, well, you have lots of loading when you go into a town uh, in Outer Worlds or into like a dungeon. Some dungeons have load screens and stuff like that. Did you say first person or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Metroid style. Metroid Prime style. Very much first person. Yep. Do you know what your game sounds like to me? It sounds like a game that's already out. Sounds like Metroid Prime. It sounds like Fallout 76. No. No NPCs, just nothing to do. <laughs> I said that there'd be NPCs. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, well, in a hub, hub world. All right. The things I don't want in Fallout this 70, Metroid RPG. Fallout 76, microtransactions. <laughs> Everything that Fallout 76 does, I don't want. All right. right, right the things right. I, I absolutely don't want, I'm talking about like tropey RPG stuff. I don't want experience system. Get rid of that garbage. I don't need no experience in a Metroid game. What? Yeah. Get rid of it. Gone. It's pointless. You're nuts. I do want rewards for exploration, killing enemies, but I don't want experience. I don't want to fight a level, you know, five zoomer, and then eventually I come up against a level 20 zoomer that kills me. I don't want that. I want one zoomer to rule them all, no levels on it. It'll kill me once. It might kill me again later if I don't have, uh, if I'm running low on health reserve on, on the tank. Okay. Something like that. All right. Okay. That's so, that's the one. So your thing character want. gets stronger. Meanwhile, they don't. Uh, they don't. But the stronger is the environments you gate through environmental level design. Right, but the same <laughs> zoomer will would never kill you once you progress. Right, but there's ways to escalate things to where things that have become mundane because you. You out level them. You out. You overpower them. Yep. You can make them still a threat. You just have to change the. You don't have to change them. You just have to change the circumstances for which you are encountering them. Okay. So maybe they so, got buddies or something. Well, yeah, yeah. So you make it. You're not just fighting them. You're fighting them along with something else. 
Gotcha. And here's here's an obvious thing that you can do, right? You have Zoomers, and all of a sudden something storyline-wise happens in the world, and now all the Zoomers have mutated into Zoomer plus ones or something what? like that. What? Right, they mutate, right? There's something weird like that, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. got enhanced, so now they are stronger, right? But it's not a level thing. It's They tie it's it into the lore. It makes story sense. Story progression. Sure. Yeah, you, you scan the Zoomer. It's now glowing red. It's like, why are you glowing red? I scan it. It's like, this Zoomer has drunken from the, from the I don't know, soups of space blood. <laughs> yeah, it's now stronger. Rated, rated M for mature. It's now irradiated or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, so it, it, would, it would be a blast. And the other thing I absolutely don't want is like loot drops. Get rid of that. No, I love random, random loot. Random loot drops. Random loot drops. Give me la- give me random loot drops every day. Don't need it. All my games Garbage. will now be third person over the shoulder, and random loot drops. Garbage. <laughs> Don't need that. And give me all the platforming challenges. I want to go vertical, baby. Oh, nice. Give me that verticality. I like I like those platforming challenges, but like the puzzle type of things. First person platformer. I'm in. Give it to me. You know what your game also kind of reminds me of? Remember ReCore? Have you, did you play uh, ReCore? No, I didn't play ReCore, no. Yeah, you might that's not first person. What's that? No, no, that's no. Not- it's, it's not first person, but it's a decent Metroidvania um, ReCore. Yeah, not- yes, it is. It's Nothing is a decent Metroidvania except for Metroid games and Castlevania. All right, next, my game, my other game. Now, initially when we when we thought of this idea, we were going like, like hidden, not hidden franchises, but like forgotten franchises, right? So I went and I got a forgotten franchise. Star Tropics. Star Ooh. Tropics is a very forgotten franchise. Nintendo even uh, forgotten franchise. All right. So typically this game, it does have a strong narrative in there. And I would consider this more of like an action. And maybe that's where you get your adventure in there is because it's got a heavy handed narrative in there. But I think if you were to make some sort of survival RPG with this, um, maybe, maybe in again over the shoulder, <laughs> third person, <laughs> um, random loot drops everywhere. Just it's just falling out of the sky. Uh, randomness. Uh, but yeah, I I think uh, Star Tropics was it was had a lot of puzzle solving. So I think if you would er- incorporate that into um, Almost like a Tomb Raider type of situation. I I think you could, maybe or Assassin's Creed maybe, but more Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is more heavy on the on the puzzle elements. Um, man, the puzzles on the more recent Tomb Raiders are kind of straightforward. I would, would you say, because I mean you're talking about over the shoulder God of War style. I mean the actual God of War game is very puzzle heavy, right? When you're not right. killing stuff over and over again, you are solving some some sort of puzzle with kratos or with boy or with your axe and boy right so i i mean i think if you were to do some something like that but you know god of war but like maybe uh in or like indiana jones style because that's where star tropics is has has my mindset in it's kind of indiana jones yeah. um yeah. that sort of stuff so yeah, that's what I would do. But I'd add more survival elements, even though I cannot stand survival elements like like thirst and hunger and all that stuff. It's got to be done well. I am totally down with survival elements. You just got to do it well. Yeah, if, if it's done well, let's do it. I think it kind of needs it. Needs something so, like that. 
do you want it to the degree that is uh, stereotypical, where you you're also building stuff? You could do some some heavy crafting. Um, but would you, would you want that? Would you want like people to like build their own like island hut and stuff? Yes, and let's add multiplayer. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's add multiplayer on that. A uh, hundred <laughs> people on the island. Oh, 100 people. Now you're making this a Battle Royale game. I don't know if I like that. You're making a Battle Royale game. All right, let's you're not do a... yes to all this stuff. I'm just throwing everything in there now. All right. I don't I don't want 100 people there. I want some right. people. Some people. But when, when you win, you get the chicken dinner. Yes. No, you're making it. No, I don't want a Battle Royale game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think some sort of, uh, not fort building, but, you know, some sort of settlement building would kind of be interesting. Um, in this, but yeah, that's, that's maybe, maybe some, some light farming, very Let's light farming, just enough to survive. Mm. But, but I like the Tomb Raider. That's kind of where I was going with this one. Tomb uh, Raider, okay. The, the Tomb Raider at, um, vein, that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's it. That's my Star, Star Tropics RPG. Should I go next? Oh, heck yeah. All right. It's Metroid. Uh, Two no. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one I got, and people may say that this is not Nintendo, and I will say, last I checked on Wikipedia, which is a hundred percent correct all the time. All the time. Nintendo has ownership of this franchise. Mm-hmm. So, or or at the very least, they have the rights to this franchise. So I'm gonna shoot out there Eternal Darkness as my pick. And if people want to reject that, I was going to go with Sin and Punishment. But I prefer Eternal Darkness because we only got one. Everyone's been asking for another one. And I think Eternal Darkness was almost an RPG anyway. Uh Uh-huh. That, I mean, the only thing that kind of didn't make an RPG is that you didn't really have any cohesive character progression except for... I forgot what the, the main girl's name is. Was it like... Alex or or something like that. Blonde haired girl with the ponytail. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. Yeah, she she gets par- character progression through like getting access to new uh, spells, weaponry, and stuff like that as you are going through the stories, reading through the chapters of the other characters through the history of Eternal Darkness. So I'm talking like Eternal Darkness in modern day. It's basically Bloodborne. But it's modern day. So you take, yeah. like, current times, and you make it seem everything is perfectly normal. Everything's good. And then you go through, unravel this mystery, and you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into this insanity that is this world of eternal darkness where you learn about these crazy uh, gods, evil gods that exist. They're all vying for power and, and causing and just wrecking havoc and devastating people's lives and, and destroying entire cultures and, and whatnot and just ending the world as you know it. <laughs> All that crazy stuff is happening and demons are popping out. So it escalates very nicely uh, into uh, kind of like the insight system. Um, in Bloodborne? Of, in Bloodborne, mm-hmm. where the more insight you build, the further you're peering behind the veil uh, and able to see the, the things that go bump into the night and in the, in the nether planes and, and beyond the moon and stuff like that. So take what they did 
there in the world building of Bloodborne and just put that into, and I'm going to borrow from you, the third person behind the shoulder. Yes. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 slash God of War style camera in combat. Slower, uh, I would say on the same pace as uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh, right around that, and your character progression can very much be tied into the gear and items that you get. Uh, the weapons, you can upgrade your weapons, you can upgrade your gear, what have you. Uh, for example, you don't have a backpack, and then you you first get a, a fanny pack. You find a fanny pack, and then you can upgrade your fanny pack into like a, 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 a hip holster waist bag or a, a something satchel, like that a satchel a satchel and then you can upgrade that into like a backpack right all right so character progression in that way and enemies will drop you know they'll drop currency random uh, loot well currency will be in replacement of it will be randomized there'll be some degree of randomization i'm, I'm okay with that in this one yes. and uh the currency will be kind of like your experience like in resident evil uh, they'll also drop ammunition and stuff like that. So, like, really hammering on that. But obviously, the thing that separates Eternal Darkness from Bloodborne is that they'll actually be spell casting in, Etar- in Eternal Darkness, and it will yeah. be awesome, just like how they had it in the original game. Uh, more variation in spells and stuff like that, but like, really awesome stuff. And uh, playing through, I do like the aspect of going through all the different time periods and playing as different characters. And I do like how that fed into the main character and her progression and her eventual final chapter being played out. So I do like that type of formula. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only thing I would like is perhaps maybe some more back and forth integration with, or synergy with the character progression. Uh, with the characters, where characters, where each character's story doesn't immediately end with them dying <laughs> in some way or going insane. Would in you want? Way. Would you want some like genealogy, like like this is like an ancient, an- like an ancestor, and then down the line we have this new character, and then down the line some more we have this new character. I would say that you know make each of these characters uh, in these different points in time make them all closer related to one another okay meaning what they do during their chapter is going to have some degree of influence to other characters in their chapters they had a very little bit of that in eternal darkness but i'm saying to play into that even more and also you can kind of develop i mean we're dealing with like weird magical god beast demon things so why not have some sort of uh neurological link between each of these characters and the link is the tome of i think it was called the tome of darkness or whatever so because they all possess it uh they all get the memories of one another or establish some sort of neurological link that goes across time right uh with one another and that allows them to instead of now here's where i'm getting at instead of doing every character chapter by chapter you have every character playable in parallel so now you get a bit of open worldiness a little bit of metroidy metroidvania style level design because you can now switch between the characters via the neurological link which are also switching between time 
timelines, which is also switching between locations, which is also switching between, you know, it, they're <laughs> all influencing one another. Right. And what one character has access to, and because of this neurological link and how magic works, which is any way you want, uh, you can have one character gains access to a spell. They can then inform all the others, and they now have access to the spell, right? So there's ways to get this to work, and that is your party, right? That is your party, but now instead of it being separate characters that live and die, they all happen in parallel with one another, and now that becomes a party, but they're all in their own worlds because their own worlds take place on different times. Mm-hmm. Mul oh. multi multiplayer? Talking about that makes me excited. Multiplayer? Can't. Nah. Nah. Nah, it's gotta be single player. Alright, alright. I mean, you could... I mean, anything can be multiplayer. So, well... Yeah, it could work multiplayer. But... Not if you have different characters in different timelines at the same time. That, oh, they're that... all playing their own single-player world within their level. So uh -huh. one person's playing in the 1960s, another person's playing in the in the, you know, 800s, and another person's playing in some BC era type thing, right? Mm -hmm. But they're mm -hmm. all playing together, and they all have to work together in order to progress each other's worlds in some way. Right, right, right. We got we to pitch that. <laughs> to whoever yeah. needs to pitch it. That uh, actually sounds real good. <laughs> needs to be pitched to. Awesome. All right, so, oh. so what's your, what's your, your last uh, oh. game that Nintendo should absolutely come out with an RPG for? This is, this, like, this is just goes along with everything, right? Like the God of War that I've been saying. This make God of War, but also f slap the Kid Icarus logo on it, right? I mean, Kid Icarus, the, the last game we got was in 2012, so it's been almost 10, 10 years, and the Kid Icarus Uprising was the last one, and that had so many different things. It had, it had the platforming, it had, um, had flying, it had uh, a lot of those flying events. I think if you were... Now, here's my one problem, right? I don't know if I should keep it the same aesthetic, right, or make it realistic. What, what would you want in a Kid Icarus RPG? Uh, I think it should maintain the same level of aesthetic, but I would go full ham on it. I would make it almost cartoonish, but old school cartoon, like 80s cartoons, beautiful looking stuff, stuff that takes itself seriously, but is still a cartoon. Like what game are you talking that has done something like that? I'm not talking about a game. I'm talking about, You're talking about animated animated works right 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 uh i would say beauty and the beast the animation of that okay the the, the cartoon animated one or yeah. uh if you want to go even further on the mature route i would say uh just heavy metal oh yeah it's it's very mature all my games are mature rated yeah, m. heavy metal then Boom. all right rated rated m for mature heavy metal um aesthetic um i want kid icarus to be Taking yeah. taking his wings and just flying into people. I want cool combat animations. Again, third person action action. I mean, Kid Icarus is already a third person uh, action game, but yeah, make heavy heavy RPG mechanics. I want like Dark Souls, like really get into the fine grain minutia. Maybe even some of that like dodge mechanics in there. Uh, that sort of stuff. I don't know. I. 
Oh, that, that could definitely work. So, uh, there's already a move set that you can work with, which is Kid Icarus in Smash Brothers. Yeah. You already have a move set. I didn't even. I'm not a Smash Brothers player, so I didn't even think of that. But the the heavy part that's going to be a little tricky because Kid Icarus is a very agile character, very but quick. more importantly, his bow. It's all about his bow. His, his bow, bow is would, fast. Yeah, his bow would break Dark. If you, imagine being Kid Icarus in Dark Souls, <laughs> Kid, Kid Icarus would break that game because he'd yeah. just shoot everything down from a distance. So, so maybe before like every attack, like maybe the enemies are just as fast, and before they uh, they attack, they have some sort of signal or something, and they, and then you're able to like dodge it in such a way. I, I don't, I don't think they need to be just as fast. Although that's that's perfectly fine. What I think is that there's so many. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> where where now now that you are fast this is they are you know normal right like you're you have to leverage your speed in order to take down all these enemies that are surrounding you and they're they're constantly spawning or they're or they're coming out of the place or whatever how about like a shadow of war shadow of mordor type of situation where you have all these orcs around you maybe it's kind of the same situation so see i don't know if i want it like arcadey like, like the, it already kind of is arcade, you know, it's like, um, kind of quick and, and, and whatnot. So I don't know if I so, want to make it so like that. So you're talking more like Zelda 2, Dark Souls, one-on-one or one-on-two or one-on-three. Yeah, I, wa- I wanted to keep it a little, little, a little more simple. I guess simple is the word, but. I'll and then you got it. You got to everything makes or breaks based on that bow. Yeah. So it's got to slow down. The bow has to slow down? Right? No, it kind of does. Well, you could slow it down to a degree, but the bow has to be, has to feel real good. How about he can only use it in certain situations, right? Well, that can be done through level design. Yeah. Once again, Kid Icarus has wings, so are you going to fly? Oh, he has to fly. Oh, then if he has to fly, now, now we can't really restrict the usage of the bow because you're putting Kid Icarus in environments where he can fly around. There's going to be plenty of space for him to shoot the bow. All right. Well, I I think I need I didn't put enough thought into this. Yeah, right. it can work. It can work. It, it, we we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to think this through. Our Kid Icarus RPG. Oh man, <laughs> so much stress. This was the last minute install, so just just give me a break on this one. But it could work. It could definitely work. I'm oh, with you. Oh, it's here, here's the thing. Rated M for mature. Number one, over yep. the shoulder, third person, random loot all the time. Just it just <laughs> rains from the sky, right? <laughs> uh, totally nonsensical NPCs everywhere, everywhere. Just everywhere. Just everywhere. You want to talk to that guy? Go ahead. You want to? You want to? You want to kill him? You want to do something with him? Go ahead. Just, just. And any repercussions? Of course, there's repercussions. There's always repercussions. What nice. what they'll be, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> All right. Like I said, I have I haven't I haven't thought much beyond what I've told you. So this is a late minute addition. Now your next game. Yep. I have I have no idea how you're gonna make this an RPG. This is a deep cut. Uh, yeah. This is very deep. All right. Okay. Strap in. We're going back. We're going way back to the Super Nintendo. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Back when it had 
this big giant bazooka looking thing that sits on your shoulders. It was mm. called the Super Scope. Yep. And there were a whopping two, maybe three, maybe four games for the entire thing. <laughs> the peripheral that costs more than the console itself. Oh, yeah. Something ridiculous like that. <laughs> I did and not, game, and, I, and I do not own one of them. And it takes like six AA batteries, or maybe it was eight AA batteries. It's ridiculous. And I think I still have mine lying around somewhere. Anyway, the game I'm talking about is Battle Clash. Battle Clash. Battle that Clash. is the game out of all three of the ones that I said, although I am really liking the Eternal Darkness stuff, uh, and definitely the Metroid stuff. But Battle Clash, because that is a dead-as-dead-can-be franchise. It is yeah. so dead that I don't think there's any references in Smash Brothers. <laughs> That's how dead it is. Where Just, Smash Brothers is referencing is every super, single thing. Isn't there a super scope in Smash Brothers? There is a super scope. Okay. Just not a but reference not to this Clash. game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, there's no, I don't know if there's any direct references to Battle Clash. And there's characters in Battle Clash. Right? Because yeah. Battle Clash is a game where you are piloting a mech and you are... Uh, it's boss rushes. You're going against another person piloting their own unique mech, and it's kind of like Punch-Out. They have certain weaknesses on them that you need, to you need to discover and exploit those weaknesses. Mm -hmm. All the while, you got to dodge their attacks and continue to whittle away their health using your, your, your scoped blaster. So aiming is a skill set, timing your shots, and identifying, sort of seeing the, the tells of the enemy, the enemy mech uh, boss that you're fighting against, uh, whether, you know, if they move one way or move another way or doing like an, a little animation thing and then a big giant laser thing is about to, they're charging up for a blast. You have to know where to shoot them to sort of weaken them, to make them flinch, to break their attack kind of thing. And they're all destructible depending on different what parts of their body you're shooting at. And they, some of them might have layers of armor, and then once you blast, for example, their arm, their, their right shoulder, enough times, the armor that's on their right shoulder will be exposed. And now further shots to that part will deal even more damage to their total health, and yep. potentially you might blow off their arm entirely, which then would mean that if they had like a hand attack it's used on their right hand, they can't do it anymore. It was, right. it was a very well designed. I loved that game so much. Uh, it's kind of easy to, to play, but it was such a great thing. So I love everything about that game. It's kind of like Punch-Out, but with mechs. Yeah. If I had to kind of like explain it. So being that it's mechs, you already have an easy way to incorporate all the good RPG stuff. So if you think, um, what's that game that came out on Switch? Uh, De um, Demon X Machina? So give me Demon X Machina, except I don't want to control the, the mech in 3D space. I kind of want that to be just like uh, on rails of sorts, right? If there is some degree of control over it, I want it to be fairly minimal, more so uh, controls to dodge the opponent's attacks okay. rather than navigating through the environment which I think is kind of the, the downfall of Damon X Machina is that you're not only do you have to aim well, dodge the opponent's uh, stuff, 
but you also have to navigate through the environment and that navigation part is what makes it so hard because the enemies are moving so fast you're moving so fast so put that stuff on rails all right give me some minimal stuff that i can manipulate in order to dodge stuff and then the rest of the stuff i want to do is focus on the combat focus on that punch out style combat and what i would love is as you're taking out these uh boss encounters and there can be like you can do like grindy elements where you're fighting down lesser non-bosses it's basically a boss rush mode there's going to be a central hub your garage lab oh, oh, whatever, yes, of yes, sorts, yes. where you are building up your mech and the enemies you take out their body parts their armor their the parts of their mechs become the currency the the experience if you will that you then use the scrap that you take back in order to enhance your mech, right? If that boss had like a big giant shoulder mounted rocket launcher and you purposely blew it off without damaging the rocket launcher, you can now salvage that rocket launcher. And now that is that is a new ability that you have access to, which also means that if you're a rocket launcher, if, if an enemy, if you go up against someone in a battle and you lose your mech or you, you try to escape uh, from battle or whatever, or and they blow up your shoulder-mounted rocket launcher. Well, you don't have it anymore, right? So it, it's uh, forever. it goes both ways, both ways kind of thing. So you can kind of like D-level-ish in in a in a way. There might be some ways to sort of curb that a little bit, but we're talking just a uh, central hub type thing, and it's basically you against. We'll call it like um, what's that? The Crazy Eight or whatever it was, where those like. Uh, there's lots of like the seven samurai or something like that where yeah, yeah, yeah. there's lots of anime out there where it's like it's like one person that needs to kill all needs to get kill all these other evil people or whatever because of vengeance reasons or what have you they have a reason to like go up against each one mm -hmm. and that's what the game's all about you're you're going up kind of like Mega Man style going up against each of these different boss fights and all the while uh, you can do these little side quests here and there to sort of take out a mech whatever producing facility or or sort of infiltrate a mech producing facility to confiscate and to steal like different parts different armor different uh people maybe you can even recruit npcs can be people that you recruit save from a certain mission or whatever you bring them back to your lab your facility and now they do research and figure out ways to enhance your combat capabilities Hot damn. Where's the random loot? The ra there is no random loot because oh. the loot is the enemies and how you take them down. Whatever right. you don't blow up is what your loot is. I wanted so randomized. You choose your loot. I wanted randomized tiered loot, like colorized tiered loot. The randomized loot can be maybe maybe there's uh <laughs> like uh areas that you can explore into and randomly encounter mechs. Okay. And that will be a random loot because whatever that mech is, that's your loot. All right, I'll I'll accept that. I'll accept that. That's great. Battle man. Clash RPG. Battle Clash RPG. Yeah. All right, we'll have to we'll pitch that one too. Holy cow! Holy cow! Let's I, do it. I, I guess that's a, that. That's actually probably better than your Star Fox idea. But what was my Star Fox idea? I don't know. You said you wanted to do Star Fox as an RPG, and I and you didn't. Yeah, we mentioned that was a while ago. Yeah, well, don't, don't tell people oh, that I had other ideas. My apologize. My apologize. So what do you guys think? That's it.
that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for everyone who sent in their questions. Dang it, I did it again! <sighs> if you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on the platforms that you listen to, so your support there would be amazing. And finally, remember, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, see you later.